Welcome back to our podcast. I'm Ben Hayes, the associate pastor at Morning Star Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. I'm joined this week by John Decker, the lead pastor, and we're going to be discussing something that's kind of a, a segue from something we talked about a couple uh, weeks ago when we talked about ways that you could come alongside of ministry leaders and pastors and encourage them and support them. And, and so this week, we're going to just ask this question, why in the world would anyone want to be a ministry leader or a pastor? Like, what would possibly drive them to want to do this? Yeah, what would possess anyone to ever want to, to enter into ministry? Well, we can tell you some of the things that it's not, right? Yes. It's, you know, it's it's not the fame, no. right? Or the fact that everybody loves everything you do. So if you're right. <laughs> if you're looking for something that, hey, everybody loves everything you do, this is probably not that, that job for you. If you're looking to win a popularity contest, <laughs> don't start here. <laughs> wrong, wrong place. Start looking somewhere else, right? Yes. Um, and, you know, you, we can joke about, like, the money and all that kind of stuff. And, and it really does tie into, you know, how can you support your ministry leader and pastors? But then, like, what does it? How, how does someone know right. uh, when, hey, God has something different for me and mm-hmm. and you and I have some some different like paths and journeys of how we ended up here and and I've got a lot of friends in ministry today that that that's not where they started off it's just right. you know God just and so how does somebody know because maybe there's somebody listening maybe you've been tuning in our podcast maybe um maybe you're you're a lay person at a church somewhere mm-hmm. but maybe this has been kind of in the back of your mind like what if God has that for me like how do I how do I know right and I think it's so interesting because the reality is just to, to start and lay this out like when i knew i knew mm-hmm. like i i we can talk about the how right but but there was no question in my mind mm-hmm. what i was supposed to do there was a question of was i going to be obedient <laughs> to that <laughs> right right is is the courage there to the yeah. boldness there to step out and do that and 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 very similar with me as well and and i think we need to cover that the, the biblical mandate that everybody has. Like, yeah. and so it's, it's not a, okay, well, I'm, I'm not called to ministry, so I don't need to share my faith. I don't need to be faithful and I don't have to read my Bible. And it, like, first of all, we got to understand we're all technically called to ministry, right? right? We're all called to a ministry, which is to, um, do our part for the kingdom of God, right? right. To make the name of Jesus famous. So before we do anything else, we gotta make sure what we're talking about right now is how do I know that I am, that God has like full-time vocational ministry for me or maybe it's for somebody who's like maybe it's it is just a full like a leadership role mm-hmm. uh maybe it's not on staff but it's more than what you're doing right now right, right. so how do, how do we know right. yeah and so kind of the, the best way to start off with that is is just to probably dive into to our story mm-hmm. so i'll go first um and then and then you can go into yours because right. you've, you've been doing it for a little bit longer than me sort of but i'll say i'll let you say that for your story um so i i graduated high school with no inclination of ministry like it I, I can honestly say guy was not calling me to ministry out of high school um he was preparing me for ministry mm-hmm. i can say that um he was preparing me to do what i'm doing today which i struggled with later on in my journey right um but i went to the university of cincinnati um to get my degree in communication and right as i'm getting ready to graduate the february before i graduated and got married which all happened at the exact same time I felt like I was calling me to ministry. And so I had to go to my soon to be wife and I had to say, Hey, listen, I know you didn't sign up for this, but I know what God's called me to do. And so I'm going to surrender that. And I have no clue what that means, but just like the the moment that I knew I needed a savior, I knew that 
that God was calling me to this. And he used some things leading up to that moment to lead me to that place. Mm -hmm. For me, the, the, the final breaking point came on a mission trip. Mm -hmm. And I was spending time on a mission trip just so focused and laser, uh, lasered in on, on ministry and what God was doing in that community. And I began to ask questions like, if we expect this of our missionaries to go learn their community and then reach their community, why do we not expect this of our churches in the States? Mm -hmm. If we expect excellence from our missionaries, why do we settle for not excellence for our churches in the States? And it began to absolutely destroy me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I wrestled then for a few months with, God is you you let me go to a normal college and you let me do all these things why now and and why this and and I wrestled and wrestled and and it it cost hours of sleep and and just not feeling right and not feeling completely unsettled until I surrendered to what I knew God was calling me to do mm -hmm. and then my path was so different because now I had a degree in communications I had announced that I was going to be, you know, God had called me to ministry, but I had just bought a house and I had a wife that I had to support. So I had this responsibility to support her. God used that next five years, not in a college to prepare me to do ministry the, as the person he's made me to be and, and the place that he's called me to be. And which is, is unique. It's not my role when I tell, especially pastors that I grew up around and, people that I grew up with when I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to be a, an associate pastor. And they're, they're used to that term. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what does that mean? Does it mean you're going to be the youth pastor? Well, no, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to work alongside John. And, and the goal is long-term for me, but I'll use this communication degree to help with one of the greatest weaknesses in the American church communication. Right, right. And so God has prepared me through all these non-conventional ways to come alongside a ministry and do a bunch of, and he allowed me to, to work for construction companies mm -hmm. and, and do all c cut grass and do all kinds of tinker with engines and right. all kinds of things that you would skills you would never realize as a pastor mm -hmm. that you have to have, especially when we're in the stages that we're at now. And so looking back, God used a bunch of things to prepare me that I didn't even expect. And so for me in my non-conventional journey, the question is, well, yeah, but you've got a communication degree. Mm -hmm everybody's called the ministry, Ben. You know, right. that, that right. thing yeah. that you said yeah. at the beginning, that's so true. Mm -hmm. People use that as a reason, like I was just overreacting to a mission trip, mm. but you couldn't talk me out of it. Right. It right. was just, there was no talking me out of it. And, and I had a friend of mine who was a pastor say to me, man, if, if I could, if my kid said he was called to ministry mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure if I could talk him out of it, I would. Yeah. It's like, cause <laughs> I know when you're called, you're, there's no talking you yeah, out of absolutely, it. Absolutely, right. But if if you're not, I'm up. And, and if my kid wasn't called to it, just wanted to go into it because it looked cool, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want him to do it. And and there was no talking me out of it. And I knew it's what God had made me specifically to do and designed me to do, but in a different way maybe than than some other guys. Right. Absolutely. And so that's my story. Yeah, and that's super cool. And I think you and I both. Um, really the foundation was laid for both of us by these giants of the faith that we both had as pastors yeah. growing up. That not because they were like super awesome people, but because they love people. 
and that's something that drew us to that. Like, yeah, um, I know my pastor had struggles, right? I know that mm-hmm. he was, you know, it was tiresome from him and all the things that come along with being a pastor, but like there was this joy about him, like all the time, right? Like, he just loved doing what he did. And that was attracted to me as a young boy. Um, so I grew up, you both, you both, we grew up in church. I just grew up in Texas, which is a better state, but it's okay. Um, probably, so gr- I've never <laughs> been there, but I'm sure it probably is. <laughs> right. So growing up down there and, and I was, as a young man, you know, I, I got saved as a young man. Then I started a ministry. I just felt that, that call when I was at camp, um, when I was, um, 14 years old and I felt, okay, yeah, God's called me for something bigger than myself. And I remember wrestling with that. I remember like, you know, as do I go, do I not go? Am I really call? And I'm meeting with my youth pastor. And he just said like, John, if you are, then you got to. And if you're not, that's fine. He's like, but either jump in or stay out of the way. And, and I was like, okay. And so going through high school, then I had, you know, some things tried to come and, and distract. Like I got a scholarship offer to play ball, which at a different college would, was not, would not have been a college that would have led me down a path of ministry. Um, and so um, God just worked it all out. I ended up going to Baptist Bible College after I graduated. But still, man, I was like, I was there. And I knew God called me to ministry. And people have heard me say before that I just, I didn't know like why. Mm-hmm. And so there was no real passion or, or desire other than, hey, yeah, I'm going to go into ministry. And so I met Mandy at BBC, and she married a, a guy who like, we're going to be go, we're going to be in youth ministry. We're going to go and be in ministry. So she was ministry-minded. That's what she was signing on for, kind of like for you. you yeah. Your wife didn't sign on for that. My wife did sign on for that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we went into ministry uh, in Iowa, and we were there for nine months and had a horrible experience on our end and just very painful um, a lot of it was on me and I was super immature and we came back and like, I, I, again, the, the problem was, is that I, I was called and I knew I was called, but I didn't know what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I hadn't submitted myself to realizing what, okay, here's how God has gifted me. And here's how I play into his story of being a ministry for you. That came early for you, right. like your communications, like it made sense to you of how God had developed you and designed you. And I was kind of fighting against some of the things that God had created in me and, and, and designed me to do. And so that's when, you know, we came back and we were pregnant, found out we were pregnant. And we're like, I got to get a real job. And that's when I ended up going through the police Academy and for the next almost decade, um, working in law enforcement. And, but God used that time one to humble me. Um, and then the second thing is God, revealed to me um as only he can do my gifting like we all got to figure out what our spiritual gifts are and Mm -hmm. and we need to maximize those and 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 use those and not covet the other gifts even paul says that like don't covet the other gifts like god has gifted you with that and so for me realizing that my gift is my passion for evangelism and my passion for lost people and god also used those situations in while I was in law enforcement to when I was a, a police officer to build that in me, like just the, the brokenness mm-hmm. that I saw that broke me. Um, and so to the point that when I, when God finally opened that door, it was like that moment for you. Like, I just know, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that one, God has called me to ministry. But then at that point I was also at the place where I realized what my gift was, what mm-hmm. my gifting was and how God wanted to use me. And I'm not the greatest organizer. Like I, and you know that that's why yeah. <laughs> Ben and I joke about that all the time. I'm not the greatest planner. I am a, I, I'm, you know, being a police officer sounds kind of cheesy, but I'm a warrior by nature. I, I'm yeah. a, I'm a fighter by nature. Um, but 
it's, it comes across as, as passionate for, for lost people. And I think God also did some other things while I was a police. He made, gave me some really thick skin, Yeah, <laughs> knowing the battles you have to fight in ministry mm-hmm. that if you don't, I mean, there's no way you're going to last. If you don't realize it's not about me, they're not fighting against me. They're fighting against what God is trying to do and understand that I can deflect that up to him and all that. But, but realizing that my gift, really that passion for evangelism, I want to see people's lives change. I want to see the gospel of Christ enter into their lives and and see them not only eternally change, but right now that, that, that joy in their life. And so not being organized, but being passionate and visionary in that and then be able to, to step out. And so then God opened that door for us to go in and I just knew I was like, okay, there's no doubt. I remember going home to Manny that day because I had actually, a friend of mine was working as a junior high director at Parkcrest and he asked me to come and play paintball with the junior high students. And he's like, it'd be really cool. You're a cop. It'd be really cool for you to play with the junior high guys and, and do a devotion. So I did. And the, the pastor from the church was there. And we had just lost a youth pastor. And so I was driving home, and he called me and said, hey, um, just want to know if you're interested in going into ministry. And I'm, like, almost a decade into being a police officer. And I was like, wow, like, in my mind, like, this is it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the previous years finally made sense. Like God right. preparing me, developing me, developing my my talent, my gift to be used for him and getting that passion ready for me to go do that. And I was like, I almost wanted to say, I don't have to pray about it. Like I know, right? right. It's just, it was that eye-opening. And what's weird is I had had other calls for ministry while I was during the police officer as well. I had a call to go down to Texas. I had a call to go up to Iowa again. and But nothing was like that moment. And, but this was it. Like, this is God saying, like, this is it. And so I remember I going, went home to Mandy. I was like, hey, I know you signed on to go to the ministry. And then we went. And then I became a cop. And now you're used to being a police officer's wife. Well, guess what? I'm probably going to be a youth pastor again. And she's like, what? And it's just, it was this, mm-hmm. okay. Like, she goes, what are you going to do? I'm like, I got to be obedient. Like, if God's calling, and I, and I understand that it was a clear call. And it was, he had already been working in my heart. I had that choice to make, right? right? And that words of my youth pastor came back to my head. Mm-hmm. Either get on or just get out of the way, right? Because right. don't don't play that that field in God's calling. And so I could not see myself doing anything else, which was weird because I had a great right. career. And But at that moment, not even being a youth pastor at that moment, I was like, I can't see myself doing anything else other being in full-time ministry. And so for us, we stepped in it, and then God just opened one door after the other and kept developing us as as ministers. And, and then now, um, here we are. And, um, it's, it's an amazing, amazing journey. And so for some people who might be like in that boat, like, okay, well, how do I know? Like you said, when you know, you know, Mm -hmm. the question is, are we going to be obedient by it? Right. I think a lot of times when people are like, you know, I think I'm being called to ministry, but I'm just not sure. Like, I think God's telling me that's what I need to do, but I've got a really good job. And you and I can just hear them trying to talk them out of being obedient themselves out of being obedient to God. Right. And if you're like, man, I just have a passion for missions and, and I, I really think my family and I could be effective on the mission field and man, it would be so much fun and man, it would be so fulfilling. But, but think, man, if I just stay and work this job where I make a lot of money, then I can just give money to missions and you're like, you're missing it right. and you're going to live this unfulfilled thing. And it's, right. it's not what God's called you to do. And so, Man, like I would say there's been moments of my life where it's the devil has, has put that in front of me. Hey, let's, it would be so much easier to just go work at a PR firm mm-hmm. and 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 make PR firm money and right. and get off and, and not have people have your cell phone number <laughs> and and like your job is to make people mad as you know, as a PR mm-hmm. firm. I mean, it's right, like right. it was like, you know, 
there's been moments that, and, and I'm just reminded that, man, I did that mm-hmm. as God prepared, like, and, and it wasn't fulfilling because it wasn't what he called me to do. Right. And, and so. And I believe God does call some people to do that, right? He doesn't right. call everybody to full-time right. occupational ministry or what we would consider a lay leader position. He doesn't call everybody to do that. And so for some people, that's exactly what God wants you to that's do. That's right. Some people, they, they're, they're, they're going to miss out. There's going to be that unfulfillment because God has something much bigger for them than they've ever even imagined for themselves. That's right. And they're limiting God by saying, well, I can't, or I can't give up my salary, or I can't do this. And and this a lot of westernized reasons why mm-hmm. we can't do whatever it is that God calls us to do. And, yeah, it is it is scary. Like right. I, I took, you know, it, the, the pay difference from being a police officer going and being a youth pastor was significant. Right. right? Um, it was big, but there was never a doubt. Like it wasn't like, Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? It was God, you got this. Right. right? And you're the one that called me. And you know, the Bible says faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. That once he places that call on your life to, to full-time vocational ministry or a a late, a late leadership role, you step out and do it. Right. And because when you know, you know, um, and if you have questions about it, then go talk to, go talk to your pastor, right? Go talk to, to someone, um, at the church and just lay on the, like what God's put on your heart, man. And, and just see where that goes. I mean, there's wisdom in the council of, of advisors. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, you, we, we have to get to that point where, okay, did God call me for something bigger than myself? Am I, am I content to live my life like everybody else when God has called me to something different? Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things that will, a lot of people, unfortunately, are standing before God one day. And that's that what if. Right. What if I just would have answered that call? What if I just would have taken that step? Right. right? And and what could God have done? And for me, it wasn't worth that risk. Right. Right. It wasn't worth the risk of, yeah, I mean, I could retire as a police officer and really nice pension and all that stuff. But what if? And now I'm I'm living the what if Mm -hmm. I'm in that moment. Like, I don't have to ask that question. Do I know what tomorrow is going to bring? Absolutely not, man. Absolutely nope. not. Like, do I know there's going to be some more battles down the road? Yeah, you and I For both sure. do, right? We fought our share, and there's going to be plenty more. Um, but what I do know is that God's faithful. Yep. And what I do know is there's no regret. Right. And and I would say this, man. If you're listening to this, and you're like, I don't know where I fall in all this, be brave enough. And this is a brave question mm-hmm. to, to ask. To ask God, God, what have you called me to? Mm-hmm. Because he's called you to something. It may be the mission field that is your job, yeah. but it may be the mission field that is far away from here. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know unless you're willing to ask. And then are you willing to be obedient? Because that's a whole nother step. Right. Okay, you know what God's called you to. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's to reach the guy one cubicle over. Maybe you're listening to this at work and you, you know he's sitting right there. Right. Maybe that's you, but maybe you know that it's, a 14 hour flight from here. Right. Yeah. And whatever it is, are you willing to be obedient to what God's called you to do when you learn what that is? Absolutely. And that's where, man, the, the local church is so important mm-hmm. that we are investing in people and there to have those conversations with them. Right? right. And that's why you and I, um, and just the DNA that we're building in the church here is one of missions, not just so everybody goes to mission to be a missionary. Cause there's so much more than that than just being a missionary, but to get people on the field, Mm-hmm. to get them out of their comfort zone, to get them to Nicaragua, Guatemala, Honduras, the Philippines, wherever that looks like. Cause man, there's something about, it just kind of, it kind of helps us, even though we're busy mm-hmm. on the mission field, it's that idea of being still. Yeah. Like, cause maybe our phone doesn't work quite like it did yeah. when it's in the States. So we have, we don't have that distraction. 
right? And and our eyes are open to actually seeing ministry in action, seeing the gospel in action, yeah. and coming back. And maybe that's when God goes, "Hey, you, that I, I don't want you to go back to Guatemala, but I want you to, I want you to go be a pastor or a church planner. Or I, hey, right. I don't want you to, I don't want you to go to the Philippines, but I want you to head up this ministry position that's not a paid position, but a, a lay leadership position here at this church. Or maybe it is God says, "Hey." Yeah, I want you for the Sudan, right? right. I, this is what I have for you. And so just being tender and open, and that's why I'm excited about our, our mission trips we have coming up for this year. Just right. a, a brief plug for that. I mean, Yeah, we kind of saved our normal update. We kind of saved for the end because right. it made sense to kind of plug it at the end. But, yeah, we've got two two mission trips coming up, um, one in July mm-hmm. and one in September, one to Honduras and one to Guatemala. Yep. Um, really excited to have Jason leading those trips for us again, Jason Harmeyer. Um, but also excited to have Bruce O'Neill uh, mm-hmm. on those those trips with us. It's going to be a really good time. Yeah, and for those that you don't know, Bruce O'Neill is the CEO of MANA mm-hmm. worldwide. That they, they go and they they uh, they start feeding centers and orphanages and, yep. and now even trade schools. But with that, they're starting churches. Yep. Um, it's not just about bettering their, their physical lives. It's about tying it with, hey, the guy, it's really about the gospel. Um, it's super successful everywhere they're going, and that's mm. what we are attracted to about. There's practical aspects of that. And and so that's really the trip that really changed a lot of people's lives from our church last year down right. to Guatemala. And so this year, Bruce O'Neill's going to be going to both of our trips. He's excited about what God's doing at our church, and he's right. excited about what that trip did for our church um, last year, and, and he wants to see that himself in action, which is going to be really cool. Um, and then, you know, this year, th- those two trips are going to be what we consider level one trips. And yeah. and uh, next year, we're looking to have another level one trip, but adding a level two trip to either the Philippines or maybe Vietnam or, or somewhere like that. And so, man, I can't wait, man. The sky's the limit on what God's doing with those things. And and so I'm going to encourage our church members, if you're listening to this, and I know we have some that do, um, it's, it's time to step out. Yeah. And I promise you, God's calling you to do one of two things for these trips. He's either calling you to go on it or he's calling you to give so someone else can go. That's right. And there's only there's there's no other third option. There's no nope. oh, it's really cool our church taking a trip. That's I can't wait to hear about it. No, no. You're either going or you're giving so someone else right. can it make that trip. It might be 5, it, it might be 500, yeah. right. it might be 1500, right. but God's calling you to either give or go. Right, absolutely. Give or go and that's really the mantra um of of even the New Testament. Mm-hmm. The churches gave so Paul could go and Paul took teams with him to go. And so moving forward, and we're going to be rolling out this this week, uh, mm-hmm. the dates, and we're going to have an informational meeting coming up. So our church members here at Morningstar, man, it, we start praying now. Right. Um, what Which one does God want you to go on? And if you can't make either one of those this year, then then how does God want you to help support those who can go? And then Absolutely. maybe you can go next year on one of these trips. Um, but, man, God's a missional God, and, right. and he's really going to use these trips to shake up even more people. And we've already saw it last trip, yeah. and we're going to see it again. So I can't wait. Me neither. And then this weekend, man, I'm really excited to have a missionary in with us, mm-hmm. a guy that you know really well, a guy that we're going to get to talk to on next week's podcast, right. um, missionary Brian Weed. Yeah, Brian's missionary down in Nicaragua and and basically now has even stepped out and is overseeing all of that central Latin America and tying a lot of those those countries together through there. Brian uses sports programs. Um, and it's just I got to see it firsthand in action, and we saw a whole community come out um, in the mountains of Nicaragua, uh, Nicaragua, and and so many people gave their lives to Christ in one night. 
uh, because of a sports camp we put on. And so just Brian, Brian not only is, is just killing it down in Nicaragua and Latin America, but, but other people like Tyler Carlton and some others that have, that have heard that call are now going mm-hmm. down there to step up, you know, cause Brian can't do it forever. Right. And right. so I, I'm excited to have Brian this weekend. Brian's an amazing guy. He loves me. He's passionate about, about seeing people come to know Christ. And, and I can't wait for our people to hear his heart. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be exciting. And uh, maybe, like I said, maybe you're not going to be able to be with us this coming Sunday. Maybe you're in Texas or some of the other places that we, we see that we have lots of listeners. We, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to um, two goofballs ramble <laughs> on sometimes. But uh, when we really appreciate it and, and you'll be able to check out Brian on, on Facebook when we, we uh, go live there, and then you'll also be able to hear a discussion with Brian next week right here on this very podcast. Yeah, maybe you're listening from somewhere else, like down in Texas or some of the other states that listen in, and maybe you like would like to be a part of our missions program. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can go online to our website and give and there's a drop down box and you can just click on missions and and we would love man because this is really is a is a group effort we are yep. better together and, and church is helping each other out and people saying yeah I, I don't go to church there but i'd love to to be a part of their missions program and do that and help people from our church get on the field and yep. and help us support missionaries because we're looking for other mission partners to support um and man the more people the better who want to jump on and do that so i'm encouraging man maybe you're listening go to our website uh, morningstardayton.org yep. um click on the give now button and and you can you can be a part of that as well yeah absolutely man we would invite you to be a part of that um and and the cool thing about the way that we have our our missions budget set up is we have it set up outside of our general fund so maybe you're thinking about giving to our missions program and you're like well is it really going to go to missions program or is it going to go to like your kids because i like kids that's cool but i want it to go to missions our missions budget when you go on our website and choose missions is set up separately as its own very own budget where we can give to missions those two things don't intersect or interact and so we just welcome you to be a part of that absolutely all right until next time